time for two blokes talking tech. I just think technology is awesome. Good advice for anyone who is looking for a laptop. For the latest news and information about technology. Now that, that's the guy. <laughs> it's so hard to take a bad photo now with these cameras. I really? think that stuff is just brilliant. It is something that people really need to look at. Two blokes talking tech. Haven't we got the best jobs in the world? We have. <laughs> we absolutely have the best job. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. I love talking technology. And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Do you really need a 10 megapixel camera to take those images? I'd say not. Two blokes talking tech. Embrace those little ideas there. Have a look around and, and ask questions. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, show number 11. I'm Trevor Long and joining me, as always, Stephen Fennick. G'day, mate. Hello, Trevor. How are you? I'm fantastic. What a week. There is so much to talk about. We'll talk social media. We'll talk apps. We'll talk good Aussie companies. We've got good advice. There's some new Blackberries, iMacs, lots of things to talk about. So let's get straight into it. Now, mate, I don't know about you, but I got inundated with calls this week about all the social media stuff going on. The things to talk about in the media were how important social media was in the last week of news. We had the Royal Wedding, we had the Logies, and then we had Osama Bin Laden. This is, uh, you know, this is the new age. This is the new... Absolutely. This is the new thing. It was huge. In fact, uh, with, with Osama Bin Laden, uh, I read that apparently that the first news of his death was actually uh, put up on Twitter by a gentleman named Keith Urban. And that's not the Keith Urban, that's the uh, marriage of <laughs> Nicole Kidman. This is the guy who was the former chief of staff for Defence Secretary Donald Rumsfeld. So you'd say he'd have some solid contacts in Washington. That's right. And he, he is. tweeted he is. the fact that he heard on good authority that Osama Bin Laden was dead. And that, that led to the whole, the whole Twitter avalanche. So Donald Rumsfeld, it was was secretary, uh, defense secretary under under the Bush uh, at some point. Now this guy is still his chief of staff because you know these these old politicians over there they get plenty of plenty of jobs and plenty of things to do. And so there was there was rumors after it was revealed that he was the first person on Twitter to mention this. There was rumors that he got classified information, all this kind of stuff. He since confirmed, or at least, you know, this is what he says, that it was actually a TV producer friend of his that gave him the info. And, but uh-huh. I just, you know, when you look at how a story broke, so this information, you know, he maybe had a thousand followers. All of it takes would be one of them to be in the media for it to then Twitter out and follow out and to be a bit of a rumour breaking. It's, it's called viral, Travis. Oh, yeah. It but went truly viral. What but, was... Uh, it, the, the, whole, the whole, I don't know about your Twitter feed, but my Twitter feed, especially well, even with the Royal Wedding uh, and, and on whether it's Twitter or Facebook and for Osama bin Laden, every single tweet was about those subjects. Well, it Osama got to the point wedding where huge. people were saying this is not an Osama tweet or this is not a wedding tweet. They were actually hashtagging <laughs> with non uh, non uh, relevant <laughs> info. Uh, the, see, the thing was, and the, the other thing, and I mentioned this in your tech life. The other thing was there was a guy in a badabad or whatever it's called in Pakistan who yeah. accidentally. Not unknowingly tweeted the actual attack on Osama because he oh, was really? he was annoyed by the helicopters above, <laughs> and he's saying he nearly gave the game up. Helicopters gave at, the whole operation exactly. Away. Helicopters at one a.m. go away, and little did he know he was tweeting. Sound of gunfire next door. Wondering what that is. Going to ring the police. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> exactly. They wouldn't have done anything, by the way. Um, but I just think that when you look at how um, news is now disseminated, and this was a really good example. I think the Logies was another one that the Logies put a ban yeah. on tweeting live now. Uh, uh, there were a couple of people in there, uh, Ben Fordham, yeah, um, right. a couple of different people. But, the, but it was, that you got to remember, though, that the actual the broadcast that hmm. we were watching at home it was on a half-hour delay. Yeah. 
So uh, the, the 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 reason that the tweet ban was in place was for good reason. So they didn't give it up for the viewers. But uh, there were, I think you mentioned, there were a few sneakies that got out there. Yeah, but they were gutless. I'm happy to say Ben Fordham, <laughs> gutless. He didn't actually say this person won, this person he won. He hinted very strongly, though, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, wasn't as, it wasn't as good a, a breach as I would have hoped for, to be honest. So, well, What yeah. about the royal wedding, though, mate? Did you oh. get inundated, too? Like, I'll tell you my story, mate. I went to the Souths match where we defeated the Sharks. I'm sorry, hang on, win. stop. Sure, hang on, let me, I need to play <laughs> some, I wish I had uh, some sort of sound effect there. That's just, that's just crazy. Well, Are I you thought, serious? Look, I'm not going to, I'll be able to watch this thing a hundred million times when I get home. And look, all I needed to do was to flick on, to, to have a look Who at did they Twitter beat? on my phone, and it was all there, mate. Who did they beat? They beat, they beat Cronulla, the Sharks. Oh, I don't have shark sound effects either. No, I've got nothing. No. Um, so, but what what I found interesting, I was in Melbourne on the day, and so I flew back, and, and I flew into the wedding, basically, because my wife was obviously, you know, ensconced in the, in the, in the vision. But yeah. I opened up the laptop, and I, I thought it was quite interesting, because for me, someone who wasn't really interested in the wedding, I, I, was, I thought there were some good funny comments there. There was yeah. some good info coming through. So, again, it, it showed what a complimentary thing Twitter can be to... It well, it, it, it was a very social social thing and I know from at my place my wife invited her girlfriends around and they opened bottles of wine and, and I think it was a good thing that I was at the football to, for, for that but say, all, yeah. all I ended up doing was driving all, all of her tipsy friends home at the end of the <laughs> night but anyway but I, but like I said I followed all the action on Twitter and even saw a few pictures on Facebook and uh, so I kind of I, I, I sort of didn't miss it really did I? I think that's right and I think that in the end if you're not on Twitter I think what we're trying to say here is that you don't have to engage with you don't have to tweet you know, you don't have to feel like an idiot saying I'm having breakfast now and all that kind of stuff that people allege that Twitter <laughs> is. You get, you'll get unfollowed straight away anyway if well, you do that. <laughs> but you don't even need to have followers. All you need to do yeah. is think about the people that you can follow. You know, if you if you like Channel Nine, follow all the Channel Nine journos are on there. If you like Channel Are-they Seven, ever? same They're thing. They're pushing that heavy Channel Nine every oh, time yeah. the reporters on TV. It's got their Twitter name right underneath their name. So if you if you respect these people and you think they're the they're the source of news, Kevin Wild, for example, works for Channel Nine in their state parliament in New South Wales. Um, you know, great info there on. on on state politics and you know he was there at the first sitting of parliament today and so if you're into politics great person to follow yeah. this is the thing about twitter it's not about telling people what you had for breakfast it's about finding Absolutely. information and getting getting the heads up because that's what you're getting people that's find true. stuff out on these on these meetings and then you know the bigger story breaks on on mass media so anyway and of that, course if you're into technology trevor you follow trevor long and stephen fennick of course on twitter that's right and if you want the latest <laughs> uh, um, news and information you might follow tech guide uh, this Absolutely. is Absolutely and this your is, tech life that's there what we go. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And, and we should thank, quickly, before we talk uh, other things, we should thank Netgear, uh, connecting with innovation, modems, routers, whatever it is you want. Netgear uh, products are uh, great, and they're good supporters of the, of the show. And, of course, if you want info from Stephen throughout the week and not just on the podcast, techguide.com.au, my regular podcast, yourtechlife.com. And, Steve, the competition's still open, isn't it, to win an iPad? The iPad competition is going gangbusters, Trevor. There's a lot of entries there, some very interesting entries. You, you, you have to write in 25 words or less what you'd actually do with the iPad. And I've got to say, I've got some very, very funny answers and some very uh, poignant answers to some very uh, interesting uses of the iPad. Uh, so, yeah, there's still some time to enter, so go for it. Techguide.com.au Now, I don't know about you, Trevor, but uh, I'm a bit of an app addict, and I'd probably say that you're an app addict as well. Not you as like much as you, app. but I'm, I'm definitely an addict, but I reckon you, you've got me one win there. I mean, you, you're the man when it comes to apps. 
I love an app. Now, finding the app, though, is, is, is a bit of a battle. You, you, you add up the number of apps, whether you're an iPhone user, an Android user, you, you add up those two stores, and you've got like something like half a million apps to sort through. Mm. So it is, it, is, uh, it is pretty hard to drill down to the apps that really suit your needs and, 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 and w- would best suit you. But there's a new uh, website and app, of course, called Chomp. Right. It is kind of like the Google for the app world. Oh. It's a search engine that lets you sift through all of the iPhone and Android apps and you know you can you can search through various categories, you can just type in a series of words and what it does it uses an algorithm then to take into account all the different functions, the categories and the pricing of all the apps and then present you with it with the results which I found is uh, really handy. I wonder how um how they get their interface. I mean, you know, the uh, Apple ecosystem is closed so I know I just searched for Inspector Gadget because someone told me today there was a new Inspector Gadget game and it was fun so I downloaded it's free and and when you when you search for Inspector Gadget on Chomp you see this game and it says there it's free so but I'm wondering how they how they get that info and how live it would be well, you do know, like there are, you are able to create web links to uh, the apps as well. You know, like you don't oh, actually have to fire up here. the iTunes store. So mm-hmm. I think what this may lead to, yeah, they may be sort of categorizing that information just they for are. web links. Yeah, so, they're, uh, but they're no, sucking the info part, from the web. Yeah, absolutely. But apart apart from the, the it's a quite a handy little little service. Like, and you can also obviously download the iPhone app or the Android app to help you do the search on your device as apart from the website. But I think mm. an interesting fact to point out that it's actually the brainchild of an Australian, Australian internet entrepreneur named Ben Kieran, who I met for the first time a number of years ago. I'm talking five, six years ago. This He's this young, he's this whiz kid who back then founded a company called Blue Pulse. And what he did then, this is the reason I wrote the story in the Telegraph years ago, uh, was that he, he fitted out the Broadway shopping centre with Bluetooth radios. Oh, wow. Do you remember this? And yeah. what, what he did, what, when, when shoppers came into the centre, and say, for example, they're shopping for shoes, they'd log into the Bluetooth interface that he set up, and it would tell you all the store, shoe stores, what specials are at each store, and would even give you directions to those stores. Now, it was years ahead of its time, and I think at the time, not, not many people even knew what Bluetooth was, but no. it was a visionary thing that he thought of, and he's now gone on to do other things. He was actually nominated by Business Week as one of America's top entrepreneurs under the age of 25. He's since relocated to the U.S., in uh, in Silicon Valley there, but Chomp is the latest of his efforts, and uh, it, it's if you haven't tried it, it's worth having a look, especially if you're re- into your a- apps and want to find something. Chomp.com. Now, a very good segue, mate, actually, uh, speaking of apps. Some of the best apps early on were um, were actually Australian. There was a thing called Flight Control, which was an airport, and you Love had to land game. the planes. On the iPhone, it was one of the original great apps, I think. Uh, on the iPad, it got even better. And then they created a thing called Real Racing and Real Racing 2 subsequently, which is fair dinkum, one of the best uh, racing games in terms of graphics you'll ever it's see. Amazing. It is Fire amazing. Mint. I've played that. No doubt you've played it. You love your, oh. car, your, your racing oh, games. It, what, what, what impressed me was that with the minute I saw Real Racing, I'm thinking, why would anyone want to buy a PSP? You've got a game on your iPhone, your iPod Touch. How it, good is it that? Was, it was really what, um, what, what started that change towards f- the obvious change 
towards gaming on, on the iPad and iPhone devices. Now, what's really interesting is um bloke named Rob Murray, he's a CEO of Firemint, and as I said, it's an Aussie company. He's a young bloke. He's in his 30s, I think. Um, has blogged today on the Firemint website about um, interesting news today that they've been bought by EA, Electronic Arts, the, one of the oh. biggest gaming companies in the world. Wow. Um, and it's very interesting because there's a lot of speculation, you know, it's just EA snapping them up and all that kind of jazz. But in the end, when you read this blog, he actually says that they, before they created flight control, they were, they've been around for a long time, you know, 11 or 12 years, and they've been doing work for EA. They created ah. Madden and Sims DJ and Need for Speed for EA Mobile. So they're not new to this relationship. So it's more about EA, you know, getting a slice of the pie, really. And it yeah. sounds like Firemint is going to continue as a independent somewhat company and it's still yeah. going to be an Aussie company. Although, still although working out of Melbourne, I understand. They're a Melbourne company. That's right. So yeah. I think it's a great Aussie story. I always hate to hear people that earn millions and millions of dollars, but good luck to him. He's now got 20 or $40 <laughs> million dollars in the bank and I admire that. I think it's a wonderful story. And, uh, you know, I look forward to some of the games they've got in the pipeline. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, Trevor, I've, uh, I've got a large, very large shoebox full of old videotapes that my wife has been shoe nagging box? me for some time Man, to I got convert. Moving she said, look, I, I married to a tech expert, but he hasn't converted my videotapes. <laughs> it's like sort of the uh, the builder's wife sort of saying, look, I'm, I, I, the renovations of our own house aren't finished yet. So that's kind of the treatment I'm getting here, Trevor. Mm. Now, it's, the, it's probably the, one of the uh, most common questions I get on TalkBack is, how do I convert my, my old VHSs? Well, I'm, the, I'm exactly the same there, and it is a popular question, but I've come across this. Uh, now, this has been out a little while. I've got to say it's been out for about probably about 12 months. It's, called, it's from a company called Roxio, mm -hmm. and it's called Easy VHS to DVD, and it does live up to its name. So it does allow people to convert their old videotapes. It's a combination software-hardware package. There's some software that you uh, install on your computer. Mm -hmm. There's a little USB dongle that it connects your VCR to your PC or Mac. It's, there's a Mac version as well, yep. and that, that allows you to pl press play on your VCR, hit record on your computer, and you're digitizing that VCR, the videotape. Now, my box of videotapes actually date back to when my daughter was born. Wow. Uh, and, and you're an old man. Now, my daughter's now 16, so <laughs> it's taken me some time to get around to it, Trevor. I, um, I, look, I think it's great. To, there are many, many, many ways to do it, um, but it's just good that they And Roxy, I do some great stuff. Uh, so it's good that there's a simple you know, dongle-based, plug it in, plug your VHS in, and off you go. Uh, and you've obviously uh, got now a challenge ahead of you, mate, because your wife, now having seen your website, is going to be on you to convert every single uh, one of your VHSs. I've already started, and I have to say, it is, it's very simple to use. And what I like about it is that once the video is converted into your computer, you're given several choices, whether you want to burn it to DVD, whether you want to save it into iMovie and edit the, the footage, or whether you want to just save it as, as a digital file on your computer or on a hard drive. Mm. And this product, though, Trevor, can also be used, and this is a, the second most popular question in this category, is converting LPs and cassettes. Oh, yeah. This software can also be used for audio as well. So you oh, can connect right. your source, whether it's your turntable or your cassette player, and do the same thing with that same USB dongle. And uh, it even, when you've got all your tracks on the computer, it even accesses Grace Notes online oh, yes. to identify the tracks, the title and artist, and even get the album art for you as well. So it does the audio side of things too. So, yeah, well, I mean, I think it's something to check out, and you can 
See all the details at techguide.com.au. And thanks again to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Great bunch of people, good customer service and support, and they're available at all good retailers, whether you need a new modem, uh, whether you're trying to improve the networking in your house, better Wi-Fi, better connectivity to all of your uh, all of your devices, including your TV. And if you don't have a smart TV, you can get a Netgear Neo TV, which is a, a little set-top box that allows you to listen to podcasts and view internet TV and uh, files on your network, all those kind of things. doesn't matter what it is about networking. Netgear have got it covered. Netgear.com.au Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Mate, I can clearly remember three years ago, and at three years ago, because I know I changed jobs then, so it was early in that job, I remember interviewing, uh, or not interviewing, but having a phone hookup with a, a guy uh, in uh, in Canada who worked at Research in Motion. Uh, and and they, I was talking about one of the new Blackberries at the time, I think it might have been the Bold, and I remember out of that conversation thinking they were they were innovative, they were working on new stuff, but I remember blogging at the time that what this needed, because the iPhone was just out, was we needed a, a touchscreen BlackBerry with the keyboard. This whole touchscreen thing's great. They had the Storm. It was crap. Um, they yep. got the Torch now. It's it's a great device. I still use it as my daily driver. Mm-hmm. But it it's I, I don't like. It's too big, you know. So yeah. BlackBerry at their BlackBerry World Conference this week uh, announced uh, the probably the best device I've ever seen from BlackBerry, and it's the 9900, which is basically the old bold, slimmer with a glass back, touchscreen, and and trackpad instead of the ball. And and the good old fashioned BlackBerry keyboard, mate. I reckon this is, is the device for BlackBerry users. I agree. I think this is going to be the device that may keep the those people who are thinking of migrating to the iPhone or an Android device. Uh, the Bold has always been the jewel in the crown for BlackBerry. It's always been a very popular device, and now this sexy thin. I think it's only ten point five millimeters thick. Yep. This device with the touch screen as well. Uh, but there's also some other features under the hood that are interesting, Trevor, too. I think the NFC, the near-field yeah. communication, which allows uh, users to read information from smart tags, make payments from a from a, 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 an account linked to your device as well, which is the rumour rumoured to be a feature that for the upcoming iPhone, iPhone 5. 5 yep. um, so I think that's a real that's a step in the right direction too. And uh, and they've also op- uh, in, uh, upgraded the operating system. Now it's BlackBerry 7 operating system. Which is interesting because it was, it was 6.1, which is what they've actually just gone 6.1. Nah, we won't call it that. We'll call it 7. And, and <laughs> Gotta I, go 7. I, I don't know about that. I think it's a bit dodgy, but uh, that's okay. They're entitled <laughs> to call it whatever they want. I just worry they're going to run out of numbers. It's like the iPhone. What happens when we get to 10? Are we really going to have an iPhone 10? Really? Oh, it'll, be, it'll be the iPhone X, Trevor. They'll get the oh, you're right? a, you're a wise Mac man. See, I, I, I'm not I'm not big enough to know that. That's very well, smart. OS stuff. 10. See, they have got OS 10. It's a big X. They'll yeah, go no, iPhone you're, X. You're across it. But look, I'm really, really looking forward to the BlackBerry 9900. It is easily yeah. the device to beat. Um, I, you know, it's funny. This is an area I've re- I read a lot of of reviews, and I read read one today about the about the 9800, which is the the torch that I've got the the light-up torch, and um, this person said, you know, that, that they don't really use the, tu- the, the, the keyboard, they keep the touchscreen on all the time, and you know, I'm just like, no, no, the, the whole point of that device is that you've got the keyboard, you have to use the keyboard, it's, it, you're either a tactile keyboard person, or you're a touchscreen person, it's full stop, it's yeah. that easy, 
um, it's not really a race between iPhone and BlackBerry. In the corporate level, you're either a BlackBerry or an iPad or iPhone user. Yeah. You're not a swinger between the two. I think but, that's the way it works. But do you think, though, when people get this in their hands, like those seasoned BlackBerry users, do you reckon they're going to forget that there's a touchscreen there? I think they're going to just be so used to the keyboard, they're going to think, hey, on a minute, I can use the touchscreen here. Oh, I think that's right. When you use the <laughs> torch for long enough, you, you, you do sometimes early on you forget uh, because when you slide it up, you're just typing away and you forget that you can tap the screen instead of using the trackpad. So it's a learning experience. It really is. But, um, look, we don't know when it's going to be in Australia, but, by God, I hope it's soon. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennig. Now, Apple did a, a quiet uh, upgrade last night there, uh, of their new all-in-one iMac computers. There was the rumours a few days ago that they were going to do so. And, yes, and lo and behold, late last night, the... Uh, the online store was down and ever all the rumors started going, oh, there's mm. some new products coming out. And there they were, the new range of iMac computers. Now, they don't look any different to the old iMacs. They look exactly the same as the iMac I've got here, right here on my desk at the moment. But the difference is all under the hood, Trevor. There's a, they've included the Sandy Bridge, the new Intel quad-core processors across the whole range. Stop it. So, You're killing me. <laughs> same screen sizes, 21.5, 27-inch. Yep. But they've all got the new Intel Core i5 quad core processors. You yeah, can skip the i3. The i7. You can have the option of getting the i7 as well. Four gig RAM is standard, and that can be moved up to. You can c- configure that up to sixteen gig of RAM, and pricing is very reasonable too. Uh, I think the top of the line. Twenty two ninety nine, and they start at uh, six thirteen ninety nine for the twenty one point five. And, so. and look, I did a comparison to the to the announcement one year ago of the upgraded iMac. So I bought an iMac uh, a year ago, uh, Core i seven twenty seven inch. It's a it's a beast. It's beautiful. I love it. It works well. And then a month later, they upgraded them, but it was just a <laughs> but it was just Don't a tiny it was just a tiny tweak. It was like two point yeah. eight instead of two point seven gigahertz. No one's going to notice that. This yeah. is a radical change. The Sandy Bridge processors are massively faster and there's two things with the i7 you'll be blown away by the performance but the other thing to remember is they've skipped the i3 here there's no longer an i3 21.5 yeah. inch you're straight into the i5, straight into the i5. this is well, I really good another, processing another good inclusion is the new thunderbolt port yep. stuff you know like we uh, you think of what we do on our computers now we do a lot of video work we download a lot of video we, we move a lot of video around on our own networks and from from on from devices on and off devices the thunderbolt Bolt port. I think there's one on the 21.5, and there's two on the 27-inch model. Yep. That lets you move these big, large files. You know, if they're high-definition video files, it really moves it on and off very quickly. So that I think that's a great step in the right direction too. Yep, and a, and a great AMD uh, Radeon uh, uh, graphics card. Look, it's all in favour of this. And and let me just say this to to the narcs of the world who continue to bang <laughs> on about Apple pricing. These things are $200 cheaper at the bottom level than last year's model. No, they are not the same prices in the US. As you and I have said a million times, taxes in the US drive the prices up over there once you drive away, if you want to think of it in the car sense. And yep. and the cost of doing business in Australia is much greater because we're a smaller market, bigger overhead, stop your whinging, we're getting good prices, the prices are better, um, then you're never going to get US prices, don't even dream about it. These are good prices, good products, and look, if I was in the market right now for an all-in-one, it'd be very hard to go past that even that entry level. Too. Oh, for sure. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennig.
Mate, just quickly, uh, I, I mentioned last week the the Doro phone, uh, and uh, I'm going to talk to someone from Doro on the weekend on the on the on the radio show on TUE on Saturday Arvo because it's a, it's perfect for that audience, um, which is kind of aimed at the elderly. Uh, big big buttons, big screen. Telstra um, today or yesterday announced uh, another similar phone, the Telstra Easy Call Two, which is a you know candy bar shaped phone, not a flip phone. Uh, big numbers, big screen, really easy to use, and an emergency call button on the back. It sounds exactly like the Doro that we talked about last week. But I just yeah. I find it interesting that there's obviously research out there that says, hey, don't forget, in the 20 million people who have mobile phones, there's a lot of 55, 65, 70 plus people, and make something simple for them. And, and this is Absolutely. really good from Telstra. But how many times, and, and even even younger users, Trevor, how many times do you get people saying, look, can you recommend a phone for me? All I want to do is make phone calls. It's simple, isn't All it? All I want to do is text message. So these kinds of devices, it's great to see Telstra responding to that need because it is a huge need. And the, 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 there are a lot of people who don't use one-third of the features on their phone. They just want something simple, easy to use, and this is another one of those products. That's right, the Telstra Easy Call 2. Check it out at telstra.com. Now, it'd be fair to say, Trevor, that it hasn't been the easiest week for our friends over at Sony once the... Uh, There's a lot of the, bowing going yeah, on over there. The PlayStation <laughs> Network and... Uh, but what was the other? What was the other surprise was that apparently there had been a second security breach at Sony that was uncovered while the PlayStation Network was unravelling. Mm. And, and that involved... Another twenty-five million other users taking the total to a hundred million people around the world. This is is incredible. So it's, it's. I think they had a they had a press conference uh, from Tokyo over the weekend. I think, I think Kaz Harai led the other two executives on stage, and they actually bowed in apology. Did you see these pictures on the internet? They were they bowed because in in Japan, sorry, our bow should will should heal all everything. Well, in Japan, it does. uh, I mean, (laughs) see, Japanese culture is amazing. I I work with people, you know, from all cultures, and a guy who I work with closely used to live in Japan, and. Uh, I digress, but just about the culture and the importance of that bow. Um, you know, there's all these traditions over there, and and one of them to me was interesting. The emperor, when he went to meet the victims of the of the uh, tsunami, uh, actually bowed down to the victims, and that was just this amazing thing because the emperor does not bow. And, yeah. you know, these traditions over there, so for them to stand up in a press conference and bow and apologise is a massive thing. But unfortunately, Mr. and Mrs. Sony, it doesn't help Joe Bloggs back here, who's lost their identity to some cyber criminal. And it doesn't help me. I'm desperate to get on and play Call of Duty again. There's some new maps that are going to be coming <laughs> out soon. I want to make sure the, uh, the for Call of Duty maps, I want to make sure I'm back up and running by then. But I think it's now, it's all about Sony now. Like, you know, in, another Japanese thing is sort of saving face. They yes. really need to restore themselves in the, in the public eye now, especially in Japan, where, where Sony is like a religion over there, we oh, can yeah. say. It's huge. But even around the world, I think Sony, they really need to mend the fence there, literally mend the fence, so hackers stay out. But earlier this week, they announced that uh, apart from the investigations that are going on, they also mentioned that they're going to offer a, a as a sort of show of to, to appreciate the loyalty and the patience of people who will be locked out of the PlayStation Network. They're going to offer them a welcome a welcome back program, which gives them access to the PlayStation Plus premium service when it gets back up, of course, and also 30 <laughs> days use of the Music Unlimited, your favourite curiosity, curiosity service with a as well. 
The curiosity so show. At least they're trying to do that. And I've got to point out, PlayStation Network is a free service if you don't want to use the premium service. So it's not like hmm. I've lost money. Well, I haven't, hopefully haven't lost any money out of my credit card details being lost, but it hasn't cost me any money. It's not like I'm paying yeah. $50 a month to use the service. It's just inconvenient, but it's just embarrassing that a company like Sony, that this has happened to them. Mate, just a couple of minutes to spare, but um, interesting today, the uh, telecommunications industry ombudsman uh, who has who has got a lot of work in the last few months released their first quarter stats. Uh, nearly 60,000 complaints to the TIO over telcos in January, February and March this year, which is uh, not, um, not hard to believe given the Vodafone problems, but what's really important to remember is it's not just Vodafone. Telstra got 22,000 complaints. Vodafone had something like 16,000. Optus had 7,000. I think when you compare market share ratio to ratio of complaints, Optus have done well there, I think. I think so too. And obviously the, the whole Vodafone drama where they, they're sort of overhauling their network and people being not, not dropping calls and even a couple of weekends ago where Vodafone customers the couldn't SMS. send and receive SMSs. So oh. that's another, that's another little hit for them as well. But you got to remember people take their mobiles for granted. Oh yeah. And their internet for granted. So if you can't use those services, I don't know about you, Trevor, but I'm lost without that. And Mate, a lot of people I'm, feel the same way. And what do they do? They complain. I was in the city I, today, and I was in a meeting for an hour, and I, during the meeting, someone sent me an email. It didn't come through. I checked the iPad and the BlackBerry. Nothing. I left the meeting thinking Telstra was down across the city. I thought it was a drama. I didn't know. All I did was reboot the iPad. It worked again. And it, you know what it turned out? I hadn't received any email that hour. And here I am. I hadn't received email for an hour, and I thought my BlackBerry was broken. <laughs> That's how reliant on the... Int- on, I know on- you're a popular bloke, Trevor, but if you don't receive an email from an hour, did, did you ring the ombudsman, though? Uh, mate, I nearly did. Oh, this is a big drama <laughs> for me. But anyway, it's look, it's interesting, and, and I think what it does highlight is the fact that people need to know the telecommunication industry ombudsman is there for you. If you have problems and you have tried customer service at your telco, and they're not helping you, ring the ombudsman, write them a letter, and I guarantee you, you'll get satisfaction. I've had people that have written letters, and and then a week later got a letter from their carrier saying, we've released you from your contract. Yes, That's what I've they're there the for. You, you drop the ombudsman, you drop the O word to your operator, and I think they can, uh, they can can you can get out of a contract if it, if it is something that you that's really has sort of, you're hard, hard coping with it. Yep. If, if, the serv- if the contract doesn't meet your needs, for various reasons, obviously from a network perspective, then then that's a valid reason to go to the ombudsman. And in, in many cases, as you've mentioned, you can get out of your contract. TIO.com.au Another one bites the dust, mate. That's uh, episode 11. Two bikes talking tech. Uh, thanks to Netgear, netgear.com.au. I'm Trevor Long, yourtechlife.com. Stephen Fennick, techguide.com.au. Thank you, mate, and talk to Thank you next you. week. Thank you. Look forward to next week. I'm looking forward to it already, Trevor. I will, and I will see you at the launch of the Motorola Zoom tomorrow. Yes, we will, which we'll discuss next week, of course. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.